Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small... In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about Ted Lasso, family, and we have part one of our interview with Ian Nicholson from Sanctus. I'm joined by two blokes who, we've done this for so long, I think I've run out of interesting things to say. <laughs> well, um, good morning everybody, well... I don't know whether it's morning where you're listening to this, but welcome to our... Right, should we start again because I'm coughing? That was my fault. Right, start again, Charlotte. Go on. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by two blokes who have been here since the start, and now we're... Very close to the end, I think. Tis, tis the end, tis nearly the end um, of the kindness project. I mean, I don't know. We haven't, have we said 320 now or not? I don't know what we've said, to be honest. Oh, look at Russ backtracking. Oh, Russ, it's getting a bit scary. No, we, we said 300, and yeah. then we kept upping it and upping it. So, I yeah, don't when know. I said 320, you were like, yeah, when you said 320, oh, no. I was like, are you sure that's the number? Or... I'm out, I'm out, Joe. Are going to get 320 and do 340? Uh, sh- do we play it by ear? Because I do love recording the Kindness Project. So, so yeah, we will end it at some point very soon. But um, Charlotte's right, we are near the end. Um, we just don't know where the finish line is at the minute, do yeah. we? This thing. So we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. How are we today? I am good. Good. Charlotte, how are we doing? You sound a bit sniffly. Yeah, I've come down with something, but... Oh, I had that last week. I, I had some in kids lasting probably four days. Well, yeah. uh, I felt all yeah. lucky and... Hmm. Uh, can I, I'm going to talk about a couple of things today. I, I want to talk about how it's often really weird when people who have listened to the podcast mention listening to the podcast. Because we did an interview for one of our guests on Friday, and she kept on mentioning stuff that we talk about, talked about in the podcast that I completely forgot. <laughs> and that was right sort of love of ninja pro- products. Oh no, no! How could you forget that? We well, talked about it for like ten episodes straight. No, we did, we did. But then we go on to something else, and it's like, okay, that's gone. Um, um, I mean, we had a stint, Charlotte, where we all we talked about was these um, catchphrases that we use. Yeah, including mind blown. What was the other one? Like a boss. Like a boss. Like a boss. And we had a couple of others. And we said, we'll never forget them. Took us about three weeks to forget, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to use those. I'm going to use like a boss forever. Haven't used it since. Nope. And we did have a little non-podcast chat that was meant to be a work call, but turned into a, a... conversation about life just an hour and you were telling us Charlotte about Ted Lasso do you want to share a little bit with our listeners on why you're loving Ted Lasso so much good it's just so good have you started watching it yet by the way I haven't I haven't I will do it at some point it's so good um but also like it's really interesting. Who's the guy I was talking to you about? And like, he's the reason I started watching it. So I was like, ah, I've seen clips, and he seems to be like a bad guy in this as well. And he was the he was King Uther in Merlin. Uh, something Ken, isn't it? No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm never gonna remember his name. Oh, oh Anthony Edge, you're talking about? That's him. Yeah. That's him. And I saw clips with him in, and he was. I didn't even in... realize he was in it. He's, you know, he's sort of a recurring villain, if you can call her. Um, but I started watching it, and 
there's multiple times when they play West Ham. And for listeners of the podcast who don't know, um, West Ham supporters in this call? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was sort of like, there's a video of me online somewhere singing I'm forever blowing bubbles. Yeah, because we're, yeah, uh, yeah. we're, we're from um, the east end of London, as you'd, as you'd probably realise if you're a regular listener of the podcast. So that is why I support the East London-based club, West Ham, and Russell <laughs> is to support the North London-based club, Tottenham Hotspur. I blame your cousin for that. The first game he took us to was Tottenham. And I enjoyed their football. Yeah, they won. They beat and us. And I'm enjoying but, their football. At the and moment. the glory under the Razzies, he thought he'd be a Tottenham fan forever then. <laughs> well, Dan, how are you going to how are you going to get that past as a family of West Ham supporters? Well, uh, I, I mean, the, the 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 way you get that past is we are not diehard. Well, no, rather, we're not. The family are inclusive, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yiddos are allowed in. Uh, are you allowed to say that? No. <laughs> are you? I, I don't think you should say that word, Russ. Don't say that. Don't say it again. Um. Uh. But yeah, the... I had like a strong sense of nostalgia when they started singing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." So do I. Yeah. So do I. You know what? That that is. And you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying a game of FIFA 22 at the minute. I won't play for the 23, but I'm enjoying a game of FIFA 22. And when you play as West Ham... I've not played it. And you play at the London Stadium, not only does it look like um, what I'm always going to call the Olympic Stadium, not only does it look like they've done a perfect recreation, yeah. they play bubbles at the start of every game when you're playing... And they have the bubble. So if you go to the London Stadium and go to a match, they actually, they've got a massive bubble machine that pumps out bubbles onto the pitch. Nice. Is that in Ted Lasso, Charlotte? I don't remember. Don't yeah, remember. but, they, but they, they've got that in the game. So, like, literally, they've recreated the start of a... Of a wet as their match perfectly, so so yeah, so you've so you've got nostalgic because it had loads of wet as damn clips in. Yes, yes, especially like towards the end. Um, I'm sort of coming to the end of the third season now. And oh, it's, no, no spoilers, no, no spoilers, no spoilers. But you know, um, so yeah, it's just a good show. <laughs> Yeah. Is it only three series of it? Or it's I... only three seasons. Uh, I've been watching some interview clips about it, and it was like they didn't think they were even going to get three seasons, so they didn't plan past three seasons. Yeah. So there's only three seasons for now, but there's yeah, been but a lot of demand for it. Popular, I suppose they'll have it back. Yeah. It's magic, isn't it? it? People would seem to have loved it. What, what are the themes? Because the themes are quite sweet, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, found family. Uh, there's a lot of like dealing with grief. There's a lot of um, tackling like stuff like uh, mental health in men's sports, and it's just not. It's just a lot. I recommend if you can just watch it. Just well, no, no, we. I'm. I'm. I'm certainly, I'm certainly going to give it a go. And when you say found family, as opposed to the family you're just, that are just thrust upon you and you've got to put up with, is that what you're, is that what you're yeah, saying? This is always yeah. the problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, how dare you, number one? How dare you? And why is it always a problem, right? Well, I love my family when they're at a distance. When they're up close, I'm just... Right, no, hold on. I've had hold enough on. of that. <laughs> hold on. Not only have you offended Cassie, who's... who's I, uh, I love Cassie. Oh, oh, you're an exception, apparently. Cassie's the exception. Oh, 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 oh you're, you're the exception. You're all right. Uh, how about Charlotte? Charlotte's all right, uh, in small doses. Yeah, I'm kind of a lot. I know that. Charlotte's <laughs> like small doses. 
about your brother? Uh, uh, what's, well, what's, yeah, there's uh, there's a problem there, is there? Very small doses. Come on, you would you have it, Sophie. Sophie, I love Sophie. She's a little noisy, but I, I don't love her. <laughs> so, so, so we're I'm the problem here, am I? Is that what you're well, saying? <laughs> I'm not saying you're a problem, and I don't love you, but you can be a bit much sometimes. Right. Did we have a really good laugh, Flow, from you down? You was ribbing me terrible. Right. And you gave me loads and loads of reasons yeah, to rib me terrible, <laughs> um, which was which was good good stuff. But yeah, uh, we we uh, we, had, we had a good time last time, right? I, I had a really good time this time. Yeah, good stuff. I'm right. a lot more comfortable now, so... What do you yeah. mean? Yeah, just comfortable in general. Mm. Yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, we had a bit... Funny enough, Charlotte, we had a bit of where stand, didn't we, Ross? We did. We had a little trip over where stand. A month's time, I think. We spent some nice time with our dad. Yeah, so a bit yeah. of family stuff, bit of where stand, yeah. bit of... Bit of um, uh, what else did we do? Bit of work. Yeah, bit of work. Bit of work. Yes, it, it, it was it was all good. And it then really seemed, And I don't know. I don't know whether you know this, Charlotte, but uh, we like a random nonsensical chat every now and again. So we did a bit of that as well. Yeah. On that note, let's move on to. Kindness news. Um, before we move on to kindness news, you're now in your new flat um, yep. up in Glasgow. Tell yep. us a bit about that. What was it like? Uh, yeah, it's good. I've got a lot of books. Um, like to the point where I filled an entire shelf and a half and another one. No, I'm joking. I haven't got that many books. I've got about a shelf and a half of books. Um, and I've sorted them by category, so genre, and then within genre, they're sorted by author because I have crime novels, and then I have Christie novels, which is same category, different author, and then I've got a section just for the text I have to read for for uni, which takes up about a third of a shelf just for this semester alone. Um, yeah, are they are they quite heavy the textbooks or are they like? No, I haven't I haven't got that many textbooks, and if I get textbooks, I tend to get them Kindle. I'm just talking about my reading materials for like English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I'm three weeks in, uh, and I've had to read two full books already. I've got to read another one before Tuesday. So what's on the reading list? What books are on the reading list? Um, so the first two weeks was about uh, plays. So it's uh, Dr. Faustus and the Taste of Honey. Um, so Dr. Faustus is about this guy. He's a doctor. He is a medical doctor, but he's also just a like a really studious academic, except he thinks that because he's not like rich and wealthy and all powerful, like God doesn't love him or something. And like he's got money and he's powerful in the academic sense, like he's respected and stuff like that. But because like he's not all powerful and like a billionaire, he thinks, well, God doesn't. God yeah. isn't giving me what I want. I'll turn to the devil instead. And he makes a deal with the devil. And it's a, he's actually where we get the term Faustian bargain. Yeah, yeah. And like at the end, he sort of like pleads for his life in heaven and God just ignores him. There's no, that's right, mate. Um, if you were to make a deal with the devil, Raz, what would you ask for? Deal with the devil? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How about you, Charlotte? Okay, what do you ask for? That's a difficult question, isn't it? I was actually asked this while studying this text. 
and I don't think I actually know. Um, let me tell you some things that he did with his power that he got from the devil. Flew on dragons. Flew on dragons. Flew on dragons. Flew on dragons. Punched the Pope. <laughs> right. Punched the Pope. <laughs> yeah, this is. A is serious... it in the book? Is it in yeah. the book? Yep, this is this is in the book. Uh, he punched the Pope. He made a horse out of hay, sold it to some guy, and then was like, "Beware! Don't take the horse into water." And the guy was like, "Well, that's curious. I'm going to take the horse immediately into water." And then he almost drowned because his horse turned into hay he in the middle of the right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he used his devil powers to eat an entire cart full of cl- uh, of hay. <laughs> Um, just, just a lot of related stuff that he did. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, look, my my, if I did a deal with the devil, my taste to be a lot more simple. I think it's like unlimited calamari and a curly whirly. It's it's oh, well. it's, it's in exchange for twenty four years of life and then being dragged to hell forever. Oh, I don't know. You wouldn't ask for no pigs in blankets. I, well, no, right, this is the thing, right? I love pigs in blankets, but only when it's Christmas, right? So you've right. got to, you've got to, it's a seasonal food. It does, now, the problem is, I, as, as regular listeners of the podcast will know, because we've spoken about it on the podcast before, and you guys will know, I think Christmas starts at the start of December, right? I like Christmas, but it's got to start at the appropriate time. Oh, so you're talking about doing a deal with the devil right now, not a deal with the devil whenever you want to do a deal with the devil. Well, no, because when you do a deal with the devil, it lasts 24 years, you said, Charlotte, didn't you? Well, you can ask for however long you want, but in this book, this guy... Lasts for a million years, then. I don't know if they're that forgiving. Most deals with the devil in like media is like, and you have ten years to live. And this guy, for some reason, specifically asked for twenty four years. So I don't know. Yeah. So, so, um, but the problem is, even though, um, I think Christmas has its place. Gregory Porter, who you guys know, I absolutely love, has pulled out a Christmas song, and it's a bit of a banger. So I'm in. I'm I'm get it in early. I'm enjoying that too early. I'm enjoying it too early. What we start of October, and I'm quite enjoying that. Um, let's get a, out of the way now. The way. What exactly? That's true. Um, uh, and the reality is, uh, I was we rewatched the film version of the musical Matilda the other day. Oh yeah, and, Matilda. Love Have you seen the movie yeah, version? Really? The original, not the musical one. Just, oh, no, the musical uh, one's brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so I, I remember watching it with mum, and she started crying. Actually, both of you started crying at When I Grow Up. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Now, part of the reason the musical version of Matilda, I think, is so good is because it's written by a guy called Tim Minchin. And Tim Minchin has been around for 20-odd oh, years, um, uh, in terms of doing stuff in the UK. And, and my, actually, my all-time favourite Christmas song is a Tim Minchin song called White Wine in the Sun. Um, if you haven't uh, had this, and give it a Spotify uh, search. It is absolutely brilliant. So uh, I actually, at the start of October, was playing White Wine in the Sun the other day as well. Um, we're we're talking about new songs that came out that we're obsessed with. I've been listening to a lot of AJR again recently um, because they released a song called God Is Really Real um, and their new album's coming out soon. So I wanted to get a refresh on all their old stuff. Uh, so I've just been like putting on the playlist when I'm walking about places. But they released this song and it's this really beautiful song um, that they wrote because uh, their dad was ill and right. they like had a plan to put it on the album I think, I can't remember the specific details but they released it about a week after he died and oh, it, they were in the middle of writing it when he was 
you know. Uh, and it's um, it's this really beautiful song about like it only feels like God or karma is real when it hurts when it actually hits you. Um, and like one of the last lines of the song talks about like we'll we'll sing this song to you when you finally get out of bed when you're better and just this just it's just a beautiful song. Okay, I'm I'm looking that up. As, as, as we speak. And on that note, we are definitely going to move on to... Kindness News! Scotland edition. An air charity, let me give you the uh, uh, thing. Is air in Scotland? It is. Air charity. I've just done, I've just done Scotland edition and realised that I was only 99.2% sure that air was in Scotland. Air charity overwhelmed by a kindness of salt supplier for garden facelifts lift. An air charity are indebted to a salt supplier firm. They're hoping to get their garden in tip-top condition. An able air and district praised the work of Peacock Salt, who uh, contributed to the garden's renovation and maintenance work at the charity's Sutherland House base. The garden now boasts lawns, patios, soft landscape and shrubbery borders and will help the charity host social activities and events for people with learning disabilities. We were overwhelmed by the kindness shown to our charity by people, so which came to us completely out of the blue. We're at a small community charity like our own. It's far from an everyday occurrence for us to benefit from local help like this. We must also compliment the staff on the quality of their work, from electrical to tree surgery, paint to paving, seats of landscaping. Well done, sweet, and everyone. Now, the reason I love that, and this happens and is unsung every day of the week, all across the world, but certainly in the UK, because you know, I, I know that in our local area, this happens quite a lot. And there's some organisations that I'm involved with that um, that do a lot of this work. Um, is just local people helping local community gr- groups who are doing good, um, and businesses doing well, but also doing good and getting involved in sort of supporting charities. Um, just the amazing stuff you can do with a few hours of time, few pairs of hands and some, you know, stuff to make an environment look pleasant and usable by the local community is amazing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, uh, I know, I know they built, uh, built a community garden up, up the road from me, and that looks quite interesting. But what's surprising is the amount of people that get involved. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking yep. to start one in Swatham, which is like just down the road. Based on that model. Yeah. And 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 I mean, look, getting involved in the community and being kind to others improves our well being. So it's a really good way of making sure that we're sort of we're looking after ourselves. But it just enhances everything in the community. You know, I, you know we've you know, I know that locally we've done some work in the um, sensory gardens and uh, school projects and stuff like that. Um, and you want the people around you to have the facilities that, you know, we're reliant on that, aren't we? What do you think, Charlotte? Yeah, I think you see a lot of, like, um, stuff about, like, Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> uh, you you see a lot of stuff about like communities coming together to sort of do these kinds of things, um, and it sort of goes unnoticed. It flies under the radar. Like yeah. I've because of because of this, there's a lot of stuff that I like. There's a lot of um, I've I've really like using Instagram mostly because of the pitch format and it's very fun um and I tend to stay away from like the stuff that people consider anyway not the point um you may you manage your engagement with Instagram I do yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on there that can be really negative and I just 
don't follow the accounts that post that kind of stuff. So um, I get a lot of like, I follow a lot of um, good news accounts. Because I do think you're right, there is like a benefit to engaging with good news or consuming good news. Um, and I've like, because I engage with a lot of those accounts, I get a lot of like community stuff recommended to me on like my FYI. Yeah, the algorithm works. The algorithm sees yeah. that I'm looking at that stuff. And like, you see like shelter drives and the community coming together to like, yeah. I get a lot of uh, uh, animal shelter stuff because I do also look at a lot of. <laughs> Um, Dog. dogs and stuff so like you see whole communities coming together to make sure like these animals get adopted and they get taken care of and it it's something that's, that can't be done without the community because as much as the organization tries to do it it doesn't work without community engagement and people yeah. all coming together to sort of um make sure this thing happens or the words out there and like it's just a really important facet of yeah, and I mean, there's a couple of things there. I have now, and I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast before, deactivated my Twitter account. Yeah. So I have, I have, I have actually, because in, in a desire to manage, and again, there's, there's an element, I think, of nuance here, because I do want to know what's going on in the world. I am interested in subjects where some of the news might be negative. I'm not switching myself off from sort of news sources. My experience, and again, I'd be interested in knowing what you guys think, my experience of Twitter was everything that I was sort of picking up on um, was contentious and um, was a, was them against us and was all about, not debate, because debate can be a good thing, but all about you said this and you're wrong. Um, and I just don't think that brings us forward as as humans and actually makes our makes us sadder, makes us less happy, and actually has a real negative impact to, on our lives. So um, I've decided to, even though at times Twitter was useful, and at the start it felt like uh, I was I was on Twitter for probably twelve years, like a bit of a uh, a bit of a nice little community. Um, it's changed over the years, I think, and uh, therefore I'm not engaging with it anymore. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I've sort of, I've sort of, I've still got Twitter, but it's mostly because, like, I have, um, like, if an artist I like puts something out, it's usually on Twitter. Although a lot of artists are pulling off Twitter, although I don't think it's called Twitter anymore. I think it's called like, X or something. Uh, because um, people are stealing their data or something. Um, I can't remember the exact details. People are like using their images for other things on Twitter and something in the anyway. Like, um, but we've seen a lot of people move from Twitter recently, like in online spaces, um, because like every every website has its sort of fandom culture. Um, and we've seen a lot of people sort of migrate from other places to, I think the big one at the moment is Tumblr. Okay. So a lot of people have moved from Twitter and also Reddit to Tumblr, which is yeah. really interesting. I, I did this weird move, Charlotte, to uh, from away from Twitter um, towards this thing called, I don't know if you've heard of it. I mean, it's a, it's a niche trend, real life. I've just spend more time in real life now. Um, and it's kind of right. I, I quite enjoy it. Who do you, mate? <laughs> I, know, I know that your generation like struggles with that concept, don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's like that. No, I know how to live a real life. <laughs> right, on that note, let's move on to the interview. I'm really pleased that we've got uh, Ian Nicholson from Sanctus coming on. Sanctus do amazing work. Ian's one of the trustees over there. Let's hear all about it. Ian, thank you for joining us so so much for joining us on the Kindness Project. How are you today? 
It's a real pleasure. Thanks very much, Chris. It's um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's it's very kind of you to invite me on, and um, looking forward to sharing a bit about what I can what I do. Is this your first ever podcast? Um, it probably I did. Yeah, it is actually. It is my first ever podcast. I listened to a number of them, but no, this is the first one I've been on. So, what what what, what, what podcast do you like? To listen to. Uh, um, I like to listen to um, there's some rugby podcasts I listen to so there's a couple of BBC podcasts and also one the good the bad and the rugby which is uh, uh, James Haskell is the uh, the guy I know okay. Mike Tinder um, also been to politics so I like the one called the news agents which has got John Sopel and Emily Mater that's, that's, that's really popular at the minute isn't it it's really good it's yeah. very good they're, um, they're, un- they're, they're now unshackled from um, the BBC well now they're ex-BBC they're allowed to like express a bit more of a, an opinion right and they certainly it a bit yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the po- I like the podcast format because it gives you a bit of a a bit longer you, you, the, the conversation can breathe I think in a, in a 10 minute interview it can sometimes be a bit stifled whereas in the pot certainly the podcast I've listened to it's, it's more like just a, well, it's a chat between friends and well, I think but this is the this is why we like the format because we we think that uh, I suppose part of the challenge with a lot of the media you consume is is, is it's not particularly nuanced, is it? Yeah. Because you just haven't got the space to to do it. But having those, as you say, those in-depth conversations are, are normally quite good. So I listen to podcasts whilst I'm on my bike ride to work. Um, if I'm out and about on the bike sort of exercising... Um, if I'm walking the dog, or um, or if I'm on the tube, where do you listen to yours? Um, in the bath, quite often. I, I lie back in the bath and relax, so I quite like that. Um, I'm I'm not as athletic as you. I go for walks, so I'll quite often have some ear, you know earplug plugs, earphones in, and listen to to the podcast there in the car. Quite often, yeah. Um, yeah, I quite often like listening in the car. I mean, um, I, I just find it very it depends on the mood I'm in. I think if I'm into something that's um, a bit more lighthearted, it's the, like the Rugby World Cup at the moment. So you listen to podcasts that are related to that. Um, if I'm in more of a, if something has happened, back to the news agents thing, if something's happened that's a bit more um, in the news or I want to find a different angle on it, I'll listen to that. You know, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, again, as I say, it's, it's a fabulous way of, of just getting a bit of, it's, 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 it's chilling out, isn't it? It's, it's relaxing, it's re- re- refueling. It's not, your mind's not thinking about your day-to-day activities, it's thinking about um, something else, which I think is always always a good thing. Yeah. Lovely. Well, we know you're a podcast fan, but just so our uh, just so our audience know a bit more about you, can you tell us a little bit about you? Well, yeah, well, I say my name's Ian Nicholson. Uh, my day job, I'm uh, an estate planner, which is basically Will's, uh, lasting power of attorneys, trusts, that sort of thing. Um, in the dim distant past, I used to do similar to you, Chris, financial services. Um, I just decided well, four or five years ago just to, to slightly change track and, and, and concentrate on 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 the wills and estate planning side. Um, in terms of other things, I used to be quite an avid sportsman, so I used to play a reasonable level of rugby, reasonable level of cricket. Last mo- like most people, as they get, so I say, a little bit more mature, it's turned towards golf. Um, but um, I'm, I'm quite competitive. Well, I'm, no, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'm very competitive. So um, I enjoy golf um, because it's just what, what used to be the team game is now obviously an individual sport, but I enjoy, I enjoy yeah. that. But yeah, so uh, and back to work. Yeah, been an estate planner. I'm a sole trader, so it's just me on my own. Used to have a business. Now I just decide it's it's just me. I can tell myself off if I want or, and no one else can tell me what to do, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, I just it's just enjoy life, really. It's a Work-life balance, I think it's, and, um, and and I think I, I, I suppose I've, I've I've been having a few interesting conversations over the last couple of days about this actually. So one of them is about sort of when we get a little bit older. Um, I'm slightly younger than you, Ian. Only only a couple of years, but slightly younger. When when we get a little bit older, we realise how important that balance is in our yeah. lives. When yeah. did that come for you? When did you start thinking about that? Probably only quite recently. I think um, uh, I'm not saying I had an epiphany, but again, four or five years ago, I was I was reasonably stressed in what I was doing in financial services, um, and I just needed a, not a break, but I needed to have a bit of a change. And it just literally, almost like a light bulb moment, and I just thought, hang on a sec, 
Um, am I am I enjoying what I'm doing? Am I literally putting you know working seven days a week? So I just took a step back, then just got back to doing what I enjoyed doing, which was yeah. meeting people, um, sorting out problems, but but doing it at my pace and yeah. doing it yes. when I wanted. And I just think the balance is so important. And I, I think I say this all the time now. My job isn't. I'm not, I haven't got a job. It's a way of life. You know, yeah. I don't look yeah. as if I'm. In, I'm not employed, obviously, but. It's, it's not a job. It is literally a way of life. Um, if I want to have a day off, I have a day off. If I don't, I don't. If I'm going to work on a Saturday, I work on a Saturday. Or, you know, yeah. it's down to me. And I just think, um, when I speak to friends of mine that are either retired or still working and, and are literally doing the slog of five days a week up to London or, or wherever, the attitude is different. And I just think, just embrace it. We're only here once. And I think yeah. um, what, I, what I don't want to do is stop work and then think oh what am I going to do now and just vegetate and, and watch the telly yeah. um, you can only play so many rounds of golf and I just think it, it just I mean you could get your handicap right down but I, I agree with you it's just like it's about that balance isn't it it is no it is and it's and also about giving the little grey cells working as well yeah. I think there's nothing worse and I you see it I'm sure you've seen it with clients when they retire and they haven't got a plan and I'm not saying they vegetate but they they're not the same person they yeah. If they haven't got a plan, it's very easy just to slip into the wake up late, watch daytime telly, go and have a coffee at the same time every day, and just you know every day slips into no, the other. Yeah, no, no, no sort of focus, and and certainly that's something I'm thinking about and, and funny enough writing about as a as I think I, I might mention to you in terms of the plan for the next book. Yeah. However, one of the other things that I've been speaking to a lot of people about. Um, uh, particularly people who have been lucky in life and have done well from a financial perspective, is how also, and I, 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 I apply this to you as well, Ian, and it's the, the reason you're you're a guest on the on the podcast, is that focus on doing a bit of good in the world as well. Yeah. That focus on saying, well, look, you know what, we've been lucky, we've we've done okay. How do we sort of give back? Um, when did you when did you get to that? point or has that always been part of your life well i've always i've always been without sounding massively cliched i've always been someone that likes to, to to give without any need for recognition so i like i get a buzz out of helping people and that yeah. sounds cliche yeah. but i do i just think it, this was formalized it was obviously where we're talking today um i hadn't really i just did it so you know I, i'd help people out trying to find them opportunities whatever but there was nothing that ever sort of came across to me as if to say oh well actually that's what I want to do. And as I say, with the charity that I'm involved in now, it literally came out of the blue. It, it wasn't planned. Um, I actually got introduced to them via a third, well, by someone in the same networking group that I'm in, who just was saying, can we have a one-to-one, can we have a chat? Not about the charity, but just about stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and it just sort of, it, sometimes things in life you don't plan, do you? And they just sort of fall into Serendipity, your right? That's it. So it just, it just lands on your lap and you think, actually, this is this might be a good opportunity to take. Yeah. So that, that charity is Sanctus. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about Sanctus. Right. Um, I, could, I could talk for about five hours on this, but I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. Um, <laughs> Sanctus is Ian, a, um, when we when we when we say podcasts are long form, I don't know if we've got five hours scheduled in the diary, mate. No, I haven't. No, I... <laughs> as, as long as as long as you feel comfortable. No, no. Um, Sanctus is a charity. We're based in Chelmsford. Um, it's in essence supports the homeless and the vulnerable in Chelmsford and the surrounding area. Um, it started um, back two thousand. Where are we now? Two thousand twenty-three. It started back in two thousand eleven. Um, it started in a in a little sandwich shop that was in, uh, if any of your listeners know Broomfield Road in Chelmsford, it was in Broomfield Road in Chelmsford, it was a little sandwich shop, and the owners, one of whom used to be a, we call them service users, so someone that's been on either homeless or on, we call them service users, um, one of the owners was had been a service user, and she and her husband or partner um, set the sandwich shop up, not for the basis of being a charity, but just as a sandwich shop, and as the years went on, uh, this wasn't in 2011, this is before then, um, service users, homeless people, vulnerable, but we came along to, to, to get food. And eventually they thought, actually, we're going to turn this into a charity. So in 2011, they turned it into a charity called it Sanctus, and it operated there for eight, nine years. Um, again, a very small, it could probably, 
We still served probably about 70, 80 people a day. And I've stressed what Sanctus does is we don't do accommodation, but we do food and, and other mental health and, and other um, services. But anyway, the, 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 um, the initial sort of sandwich shop that then turned into the, into the charity was looking after maybe 70, 60, 70 people a day in very small and very small premises. Um, the lease was coming up for, for renewal on there in 2021. But the building next door, which is a three-story building that actually used to be a Barclays Bank and then had gone through some changes to be commercial restaurants as well, that was um, that was derelict. And so um, the trustees at the time, I wasn't a trustee at the time, but the trustees at the time approached the landlord, who was just a, fa a family for a family, and said, would you be prepared to, to, to give it to us? And they, well, not give it, but let us, let us use it. And they did. And so in 2021, um, we took over the lease. We got some money from the local council to refurb it. So it was totally refurbed. And to be fair, that the the um the landlords helped as well. So the entire building was refurbed in 2011. Uh, sorry, 2021. Um, so what it is now is a three-story building. Uh, the ground floor is in essence a cafe. Yeah. So it's it's very much like a cafe. So you walk in, there's a counter that's got food behind, it's like um cans and stuff, almost like a food banky type thing behind it. There are tables that can seat probably 70 or 80 people. Um, and in essence, what happens is service users can come in from 10 o'clock every day. Um, initially, they can have cereals, tea, coffee, toast, whatever. And then we serve every day, every, well, Monday to Friday, we serve a hot meal every day. Now, when I say serve a hot meal, I don't mean they stand in a line and, and it's like, a, for want of a better word, a soup kitchen. Um, we have a, we have chefs that come into a, a, we've got our own kitchen, which essence used to be the um, the vault in the bank. Yeah. And we have chefs that come in every day and prepare proper meals. And so we actually plate up the meals and serve them to the service users every day. Um, and they can come in every day. They can, they can just come in and have a meal and that's it. Or they can come in. Um, and again, we deal with people that are going through the worst of times. Um, yeah. yeah. They could have drug issues. They could have um, drink issues. They could have domestic violent issues. They could have a whole range of mental health issues. And ultimately, Sanctus is a place of sanctuary. So they can come in. We don't have any, we're not statutory funded. So we can, we don't have any ties on who we can look after. So yeah. literally, if someone comes to our door and they want a meal, we'll give them a meal. We don't question them. They can come in and have a meal. Um, once they're in there, now, if they just want to sit there all day and stay out the rain and eat, and that's absolutely fine. But the 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 staff, the employees of Sanctus, the the the, the, the staff downstairs in the cafe, they're trained to build relationships with the service users. So the idea is, is that if they 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 build a relationship with the service user who eventually wants to, whether it be come out of addiction or find somewhere to live or whatever, they will then refer them upstairs to what we call the hub. Yeah. And the hub is uh, a series of offices but are staffed again by sanctus members and outside agencies which help service users again get over addiction drug issues homelessness if they've got mental health issues so it very much is a case of someone coming in the door totally new who's at the lowest of the low the idea is is that over a period of time with their agreement we'll get them to a place where they want to be and um it's not easy. I mean, we used to open seven days a week. We had to, near as damn a year ago, um, go to seven days a week. Let's go to five days a week, purely because of the, the cost of living crisis. Yeah. But as I say, it's it's there to help the whole community, not just homeless. It, it's it's always been, ever since I've been involved with it, it's been Sanctus Homeless Charity. It's not just for the homeless. I mean, there are in Chelmsford, there's probably on the streets, probably about 30 or 40 people that are permanently on the streets. But we cover, I mean, every month we probably have couples of 400 individuals that come in to see us for different things yeah. so as i say it's a it's a wide spectrum we, we're we try and cover as much as we can yeah 100 percent. right I've, there's a lot to cover off there so let me let me start with uh the first question i've got it's yeah. really interesting you mentioned about how you funded and the impact um the impact that that has on yeah. sort of the support you can give. Because I was having a conversation with a guy who runs a charity um, uh, the other day, and he's actually given up a million pounds a year in terms of income coming into his charity because it was NHS and 
the even though the NHS were fantastic in terms of funding the support that it wanted to give to the community, they've also put these restrictions yeah. on him, which meant that actually couldn't help the way he wanted to. So it's a bit of a fine balance that, isn't it? That is, yeah. so, sorry about him, that's what's yeah. called statutory funding. So yeah. if you've got statutory funding like that, they will put constraints on what you can use it for. Yeah. We're yeah. non-statutory, so we yeah. don't get any funding at all from... Anybody, <laughs> you don't get so, any. Talk to me a little bit about where how um, sectors is funded. Right. So, um, I suppose there's three main areas. On the top end, uh, that's what's called the bids. So we put bids in. We have a, a bid writing manager, and also to be fair, some of the staff help as well. So you've got charitable trusts. So you've got charitable yeah. trusts that will have funds in it. So well, millions, yeah. and they've been yeah. set up. And over the years, they they maybe will have four percent a year that they they make available to trust to, to, to charities. So we have yeah. a bid writers and we'll put bids in for specific. Now, sometimes it's for what's called, and maybe to educate your, your listeners if they're not aware of it, there's two types of funding in, 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 in charities. There's what's called restricted and unrestricted. Now, unrestricted funds do what they say in the tin. You get the money in and you can use it for whatever you want. And that's that's lovely because you can, you can spend it on anything. There's then what's called restricted funds. Now, quite often with... With bid writing, you'll put a bid into a charitable trust and you'll say, we want to have £20,000 a year to fund a member of staff. So yeah. you put a bid in, you'll explain what that member of staff does, how that member of staff can help a service user from when they first come in the door to when they first go out, to when they go out. And you put the bid in and there'll be a... We have to take have some... Months. It's not just a case of, please give us the money because we need it. It has to be evidence-based. So we get yeah, stats yeah. of everything. We have stats on number of service users, how many meals we do, how many support sessions we do. So our bid writers will do that. That will go to the trustee board of the of the, of the charitable trust, and they'll just assess them. And so that is the bigger funding. Now we've been very lucky recently. We had a um, a national lottery grant awarded, yeah. um, which I'm quite happy to say we got two hundred fifty thousand from it over right. five years, which is fabulous. Yeah. Um, but it took us three years to get that because, yeah. understandably, they want to be certain that it's it's. Um, well, that, I know I know a lot of work goes into those bids, but also there's a lot of competition for the money. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is going to sound awful, but in um, in lockdown, we were almost homeless charities were almost like flavour the day because people were having struggles. So we were getting yeah. we were getting money hand over fist. Then had the war, the, the Ukraine war, and so people, understandably, wanted to put money towards those sort of causes. There's right. only so much in the in the pot. Yeah. So, um, but as I say, with the with the bid writing, that is more cases. These charitable trusts obviously have got these 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 funds, but they do, um, they do ask you to specify why you want them and how you're going to use them, and quite often as well, um, they're monitored. So you might have yeah. someone say, "Okay, we'll give you." 20,000 a year to fund a member of staff, but every year, every year, you then have to probably justify but show how that money's been used. Yeah, yeah. But I'll stress again, that's more on a restricted side. Um, but as I say, we have, we have that's the bid writing side. So they're the, they're the big, anywhere from five to 200,000. I mean, they're tough, but what's actually quite good, and what the, the chat will, in, in the, in the defense, but what the charitable trust are great at is you'll sometimes put a bid in and it'll fail, but they'll feed you back on why it's failing. Yeah. So this, this is how you do it better next time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They don't tell you what to write, but they say, well, actually, if you did this, 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 and this, you've got a better chance. So, so that's, that, that's tier one. What's, yeah. what, what's the other sort of stream? Well, the, you go down from that, you've then got things like corporate funding. So um, you'll go out to the local business community. Companies have got what's called corporate social responsibility yeah. ethoses. So within their comfort, their corporate ethos, they want to be able to help local good causes. So yeah. we'll go out uh, with the local business community, um, educate them, for what of a better word, something like this. We'll educate them on what we do yeah. Yeah. Um, and how, by helping us, it can actually help them because. Yeah. You know, and that can be not just on funding, to be fair. I mean, obviously, funding is great. If they can give us money, which is, which is fabulous. But quite often, we all get, um, I won't know, but we had a, I can't, I can't remember their name, but we had a firm of accountants in Chelmsford that we met at a, a school's open day, believe it or not. Okay. 
um, at a private school. We actually went to a private school's, well, not open day, um, uh, careers day. We were asked to go along. We met this other firm account yeah. who were, and one of the guys who used to be their head boy came over to us, was really interested. They regularly volunteer at Sanctus now. Now, as part of their corporate social responsibility, they get staff to come in, basically yeah. to see how the other half live. But what's yeah. happened yeah. is that those members of staff have now gone into their communities and their contacts, and we're now getting funding from them. Because they went out to them and said, yeah. look, I've been into this place, Sanctus. Got, no, I never knew it was there. I've lived in Chelmsford 10 years, never knew it was there. Go and have a look. So there's corporate funding where we try and get people to do either regular donations. Um, give me, I'd have a great example. We had Essex Police. Yeah. Not, Essex Police, um, their new recruits every year have um, like a, a charity they sort of... Um, yeah, the chosen yeah. charity of the year. Chosen yeah. Now, the, 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 the cohort that have just um, passed out recently, I think they raised like three and a half grand for us. Lovely. You know? Now, yeah. again, it doesn't sound a fortune, but if you've got lots of those coming in, and again, they're unrestricted, so you don't have to use them for any particular purpose. So that's, that's the interesting thing. So we we did a... It was, it was yesterday, we did another interview... And the guy we interviewed was the guy who's the MD of um, London Air Ambulance. Right. So, um, really interesting. Didn't know much of it. No, let, I've got to tell you, Ian, the most exciting bit, right, was was after we stopped recording the podcast. So, they are, they're helicopters on the roof of the Royal London in Whitechapel. Yeah. yeah. And I said to um, I said to, to, to the guy who's who's the uh, who's the MD. Funny enough, my friend was in there recently, so I've been visiting once a week. He said to me, "Next time you're down, Chris, let me know. I'll take you on the roof to see the helicopter." And I was like. That was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I, I, mean I, I did say to Russ after that it would be cheeky if I asked for a ride and I wouldn't want to, them to waste the petrol, but yeah. just going and see the helicopter on the roof, I'm happy with. Um, yeah, but yeah. Was, the point that I was, but there was a serious point somewhere. Yeah. The yeah, point yeah. I was making was they, the majority of their funding comes from, and they they need to raise about twenty million a year. Um, right. It's a bit more now actually because um, they've got babes and new helicopters, but they get um, small donations for one hundred and ten thousand Londoners. So really? so actually, like when you talk about those big donations, it makes a huge impact to the charity. But it's the mixture, isn't it? It's yeah. the combination of the large and the small. Yeah, I mean, because say the, the corporates, even within the corporates, we try and either do a, a lump sum or regular giving. So we'll say, do their staff want to do twenty five quid a week or a month or, or something? Yeah. Like that. So I mean, they're the big ones. But then the bottom end, well, not bottom is the wrong word, but the, the the other end would be like local community fundraising. So yeah, that is, it doesn't always. I'm saying that it's, it's, it's been better this year, but it doesn't always bring in fortunes. But what it does do, it brings up awareness again. So yeah. we do a beer festival. We'll do. Um, we'll go and support. Um, donkey dart or whatever we'll do yeah. we'll do stuff which um, okay doesn't bring in a fortune in terms of money but again it's about name awareness and getting people aware of what's going on and we've found we've, we've made more of a concerted effort the last year to do that we've got one of the one of the staff who's actually the cafe manager but Tony but she's actually sort of taken on that role as well and she's been fabulously successful I mean but we also do things like we recently had a golf day. So we had a golf day. We raised yeah. a couple of thousand through that. We have, you know, last year we did sponsored skydiving. We got about 8,000 out of that. So lot, yeah. it's always about getting ideas. And, and sometimes, nice, Chris, people just come in and give us a check. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. We have people that, there's a, a lovely old boy in Chelmsford. He never, he never, he just literally walks in once a year. He gives a check of 5,000. He says, there you go. And I, yeah. I think you're right, though. And, and we're, um, you know, I think we're both probably sort of, conscious of this and you know the accounts are in the same boat if you've been lucky enough to to, to do a right you you probably get that that you know the the right thing to do is in whatever way time or money yeah. or, or a combination of the two just give give a bit back it's one it's one thing that um i'm i'm trying to teach my girls and we um it's an interesting i don't know if i mentioned this when we met 
I um I dragged them out on a uh, I'm part of the local round table in in Hornchurch, and we do a fundraiser for the food banks every year at yep. Christmas. Um, and the food banks approached us just for the summer and said, look, we really we really need a bit of extra help because of got us to live and what's going on. Um, so we did a, a fundraiser and, and I I made them door knock right and uh, collect shopping and stuff like that. For um twentieth of twentieth of July we did it. Um and I told them it was gonna be two hours. Four hours later they're still out. I had to bribe them with magnums and coke to keep them going. <laughs> so that was part one of the interview with Ian. Um I'm really excited about sharing the, the amazing work that sectors do. Uh, and therefore, uh, we've got part two next week. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing that. However, tis the end. Tis the end. Of another podcast. Yes. But the end is never really the end, because the end ends with joke of the week. What are we talking about for subject this week, lads? Oh, so I think... Um, what what did we talk about this week, Raz, that we could give uh, to Charlotte as a joke? Uh, uh, football? Where's Dan? Yeah. Um, we could talk about... That's a bit niche, though, isn't it? Football it is a bit, it, it, it is a bit niche. niche. Um, football in general, or we could talk about um, Twitter, or we could talk about... What else did we talk about? Uh, family members. Family. We we talked about ninja products. Oh, we all, no, we Family always talk proper about ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, all all good. And while Charlotte is um is doing that, tell us about you because what our listeners can't see is you've had a very short haircut, right? Sorry, just quickly, I had a parcel delivered, but I want to comment on the social media. Yeah. So. I don't use social media at all. I don't post anything. But I flick through Facebook probably twice a week, three times a week. But I don't post anything, and I I don't use social media in in that sense. I'm not a member of Instagram or or I've got a Twitter account. I never go on it. But I just don't understand it. I don't. You- I don't understand the point in in sharing your your life with other people. I can't... I completely get that. I mean, we're social animals, aren't we? So sharing our thoughts, opinions, and feelings and stuff. And, and actually... I understand, I understand our communicating through, through the medium and the internet works. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around wrap my head around sort of posting pictures of where I am and what I'm doing. Oh yeah, I don't And I don't everybody really looking through them and I mean I mean it I does it always feel weird for me that if I if 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 it was like thirty years ago and you said, Do you wanna come around my house and look at my holiday yeah. sofa? would go no. And now everybody gets to see all of your photos. And actually, I think we are curious about other people's lives. Um, uh, now, the problem is, even though I'm not on many social media, I'm on LinkedIn, but um, uh, many social medias anymore, um, I was out. I was out um, Friday night at a beer festival. Like yeah, a beer festival. Um, so what did you say? I say the pictures. Well, right, here we go. <laughs> This is the other thing, the other problem. I like looking for other people's pictures. I don't like the fault of somebody looking through mine. Right, so even though I'm not on social media anymore, because Cassie gets tagged in all of the photos, everybody knows what I'm up to anyway, but I can't see what they're looking at. So um, so it is, a, it is an interesting experience. But I, yeah, I don't post a lot of pictures of myself. Most of the pictures of myself that are on the internet are stuff that mum posts yeah. <laughs> or, or someone in the family. Um, I don't mind because sometimes I'll scroll back through mum's like... Yeah, it's memories, um, isn't it? I, stuff. 
you know what? I'd, I'd need, I kept on saying this, but I need to invest some proper time in it. I need to get some photo books done. Um, yeah. so, so we've got these like really tangible ways of looking at old photos. I think I've got two years from the park was 20, but I've got about 15 to 20 years worth of images. Yeah. So it's, it's a job. It's a job working out what photos you want to keep and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna most, do that. Most of my time online, I don't spend in like the the spheres where it's like, and everyone knows who you are. That's yeah. not the fun side of the internet. <laughs> the fun side of the internet is where you like have people talking about like, and here's a really interesting book I read, and here's my personal take on it, and then you scroll through like the tag for it, and it's everyone's per personal takes on this book or this show or this game they played. Or the art they've made about this See, show. That's, or that's exactly what I use it for. But that's, that's what uh, I use it for. For game content, the for games I play like human no, no. or. Should we do the joke? Should we do the joke? Of yeah, it's the... a football joke. You okay with that? Go on then. Uh, I tried to find a West Ham joke, and I did find quite a few, but they were just slagging off West Ham and going well with this call. What was your football joke? What do you call someone who stands inside goalposts and stops the ball rolling away? Rolling goal. Annette. Oh, God. We're back to the rubbish that, joke. That again. is quite bad. That is quite awful. And on that note, my friends, have a lovely day. And we'll see you on the Kindness Project soon. Bye. Bye.